You're listening to Washington Post Live's weekly conversation series with cultural pioneers and changemakers on race in America. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Robin Gavon, senior critic at large here at The Post. We're starting Black History Month by reflecting on the role of Black churches. And here to talk about a new effort to preserve them is Brent Leggs. He's the executive director of the African American Cultural Heritage Action Fund. Brent, welcome to Washington Post Live. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I think for a lot of people, uh, certainly myself, I wasn't familiar with the African American Cultural Heritage Action Fund, which was launched in 2017. Can you talk a little bit about what sort of spurred the creation of it and, and explain what the fund does? Yeah. So we created the Action Fund in 2017 in the aftermath of Charlottesville. And we all remember that moment where culture, heritage, and public spaces collided in negative and violent ways. It was an opportunity for us here at the National Trust for Historic Preservation to challenge ourselves to demonstrate that historic preservation could be a tool for confronting the cultural reckoning that we saw at that moment but also that we could have a positive impact in society through historic preservation. So we came up with this bold and ambitious vision to raise $25 million over a period of five years to help tell the full history of our nation and to support communities in preserving African-American historic sites. So in essence, the African-American Cultural Heritage Action Fund, our purpose is to leave a lasting and permanent contribution on the American landscape and to uplift African-American struggle and achievement that is foundational to understanding the full American story. And one of the, um, the, the projects is the awarding of $4 million in grants to 35 uh, historic black churches. And I'm going to quote uh, Dr. Henry Louis Gates here when he said that no pillar of the African-American community has been more central to its history, identity, and social justice vision than the Black church. Why is it so important, in, in light of all that, to, to preserve these buildings, to preserve you know, sort of the, the brick and mortar aspect of the Black church and not simply their story? Yeah, Robin, we are so fortunate to have leaders like Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. and Darren Walker and, and Secretary Lonnie Bunch and others that are part of the, the work of the Action Fund. It's critically important that we preserve the physical evidence of our past, that we preserve the historic buildings that are imbued with legacy and memory, that we preserve the profound stories that are embodied in the walls, landscapes, and cemeteries stewarded by African-American churches. When we look at our portfolio of, of grantees, it's amazing to see centuries of Black history told at historic Black churches. Some of the stories include formerly enslaved Africans moving through emancipation, beginning to form communities. And one of the first buildings that's 
And some of the earliest buildings founded by African-Americans in the United States includes the Black Church. These places are of exceptional significance. Their stories matter and they are worthy of being preserved. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, a few of the churches who are some of the initial uh, recipients of the grants. I mean, I, I was struck by the fact that some of them had in a previous iteration been synagogues, uh, that others just were simply sort of the magnificence of, of the buildings themselves, the architecture. And, and then I also thought about, um, you know, one that I know fairly well, Mother AME Zion Church in, in Harlem. Um, what is the, what's the significance of some of these churches? Yeah, so I'll give you a little background. So we had five funding categories, and this is the very first grant round. So Preserving Black Church is a $20 million partnership with the Lilly Endowment. And we're fortunate to have the resources to respond to the ongoing threats impacting black churches across the country. They're facing issues of deferred maintenance, insufficient funding, aging and dwindling congregations on limited incomes. There are threats of gentrification and, and equitable development. So we wanted to direct grant investment to respond to these threats. And this building that you see right here on the screen, mm -hmm. these two churches are in Cleveland, Ohio. And United Quarry Methodist Church was a former synagogue. It is an architectural masterpiece, but it was acquired by the black community and it really anchored that community for decades. Inside of the walls at Corey United is where Malcolm X delivered his Bullets in Democracy speech. It's where Dr. King gave a talk. It's where Marin Anderson sang. That historic church is facing a lot of preservation needs. So we were glad to invest $150,000 to help them to hire their very first preservation manager who will oversee preservation planning and stewardship of that iconic historic church. Another church includes 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And our nation knows the history of that church because of September 15, 1963, when a Klansman would bomb the church and murder four young girls. It was a catalytic moment in the American Civil Rights Movement. But many Americans don't realize that 16th Street Baptist Church and the Parsonage Building were designed by African-American architect Wallace Rayfield, who is the second professional Black architect in the United States. The church has done a beautiful job over the past few years in helping to restore and reimagine the interpretation of these spaces. And so we were pleased to invest $200,000 to help them to seed a new endowment. And they have a goal of raising $2 million that would allow them to draw down 100,000 annually to cover the cost of cyclical maintenance, to have sufficient insurance, and to have the resources to steward these special places in perpetuity. I mean, I'm curious about the role that uh, the Black church plays in society today. 
because there does seem to be, despite um, you know these beautiful, uh, important historical buildings, in in many ways the reason that some of them are lacking in funding is because their congregations have aged or their congregations have diminished significantly. So is that a reflection of their importance or is that a reflection of just sort of greater societal changes? Yeah, I, I would say that our nation is shifting its connection to churches, regardless of denomination or ethnicity. And, and what's important to understand about the role of the Black church, its primary mission is to support the religious health and the spiritual health of communities, but they also have a important secondary role. These are safe places of safe haven for arts, culture, and social justice programming. Their use has broad community impact. And so we are preserving not only their dual mission, but also, again, their very important role in local communities and in national, national history. And I just want to give you a statistic that I think helps to bring to life the urgency around these impending threats. So when we invited proposals, we received 1,000 266 funding proposals requesting $190 million. Now we are proud through our partnership with Lily Endowment to be able to direct this first round 4 million and 35 black churches. We'll invest another 4 million on MLK Day next year and support a, a, a new cohort of, of black churches. And we also have other programming that's part of our Preserving Black Churches project, but it really speaks to the, that statistic really speaks to the fact that African-American historic places continue to be undervalued and underfunded. And it helps to affirm the critical importance of the African-American Cultural Heritage Action Fund and the important work that we do at the National Trust to partner with communities to help empower African Americans that care deeply about our shared culture and heritage and to ensure that they have access to resources, not just financial, but specialized and technical preservation expertise to help permanently steward and protect these important places. I mean, as a historian, can can you um, just give us a sense of why why the Black Church, why um, excuse me, why were so many uh, social justice movements, why so many um, performers that we know, uh, Aretha Franklin, for example, uh, why it was such a a cauldron for all of these different aspects of Black culture. Yeah, the Black church has always been this safe haven of culture. What I think is beautiful about the intangible cultural heritage of, of the Black church. I mean, when we think of music, like you said with Mahalia Jackson, or when we think of fashion on Easter Sunday, or the food at, that's served inside of Black churches, 
all of this, not only the physical history, but the intangible legacy is part of the black cultural identity. And, and we were inspired reading through so many grant proposals to see how many black churches have contributed to the American civil rights movement and how they stand in the shadows in many ways. So the more iconic stories and churches that we know in American history, but their activism at the local level helped to shift public policy and it helped to create a more equitable society and communities across the country. We currently are working at one historic church. It's Roberts Temple Church of God in Christ in Chicago. And this is where Mamie Till Mobley made the courageous decision in 1955 to have an open casket funeral for her son, Emmett Till, who was murdered in Mississippi. This black church played a catalytic role in helping to energize the American civil rights movement. But I worked to support the church and the Emmett and Mamie Till Institute in developing a stewardship plan has two components. One, of course, is to help preserve this, this historic site in perpetuity for increased public access, interpretation, and education. And the other is to highlight the overlooked contribution of Black women in the American Civil Rights Movement. Because that moment when Mamie Till made that decision, she exemplified her agency, resilience, and sacrifice in the face of an unimaginable moment. We uplift the full contribution of Black women in history, and we celebrate them this month and throughout the full year. You know, your mentioning of, of Mamie Till um, just sort of speaks to, I, I think, um, how often when we think of the Black church, we think of um, these sort of bold-faced ministers who have been men. Um, do you think that the, these grants will allow more people to uh, visit these churches, to see them in their glory, and also to learn more about the women who were in, who were part of building them and who came out of them and made tremendous impact uh, in, in the culture at large? Yeah, I certainly believe that more Americans will be inspired to learn about the history of these churches. Hopefully they will volunteer and support their rescue and recovery and preservation. Hopefully this grant announcement creates curiosity in the American public to want to learn more about the historic black churches in the community. And what we see, and this is just more broadly in the, the U.S. historic preservation movement, it's being led by women. And women are at the front forefront of leading preservation campaigns and projects. They are often the ones that are writing the grant proposals and applications they are the daily stewards of, of American history. And, and so we hope that the, the fullness of their contributions will be seen and respected for the ways that they con contribute 
to preserving American history. I want to get to an audience question from Tracy Crook from Delaware, who's asking if you think that Black church continues to be as important in Black civil rights struggles as it was in the past. You know, and I would just add to that. I mean, was do you think the Black church is connected to a movement like the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, thank you for your question, Tracy. I would say that the Black church is often struggling to find its identity in a more complex American society. And, and it feels like there is a disconnect. What we often see is that Black churches are just struggling to maintain their houses of worship and they're struggling just to keep the doors open. So I, it's, I, I believe it's hard for Black churches to build on their cultural legacy of activism in meaningful ways that makes their work more relatable to younger audiences that are on the front lines of social justice. We're hopeful that by interpreting the historic Black church's civil rights legacy and beginning to uncover the complexity of the ways that they contributed to civil rights both in the mid 20th century and well before that, that they can harness the power of those legacies to engage uh, a new generation of activists within, within their walls to carry their, their legacies forward. So I, uh, but again, we continue to see churches just struggling to keep their do doors open. And that's why our nation needs to have reverence for the ways that they contributed to our society in the past and support these historic church congregations with the resources to reinvent themselves and the ways that they deliver their ministry and the ways that these historic places are serving culture. You know, I, I am struck by um, the fact that while the, the Black church as a place um, is struggling, I wonder if the Black church as an idea um, is also struggling. I mean, as, as we talk, um, you know, the, the funeral of Tyree Nichols um, is happening in Memphis at a Black church. Um, he's being, you know, eulogized by um, Reverend Al Sharpton, who is also an activist. You know, I, I wonder, do you make a distinction between the the edifice that is the Black church and the idea of it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And and we all are, are praying for Tyree's family and our nation around this, this tragic event. So I don't necessarily make a distinction, but just thinking about Claiborne Temple in Memphis, Tennessee. So we have supported Claiborne Temple by helping to build the nonprofit organization that currently owns and stewards that historic place. We have funded a new staff position that's a preservation manager that will help to oversee the preservation of this iconic civil rights landmark. This is the same place where in 1968, Dr. King would lead 15,000 sanitation workers in a protest to City Hall. 
And it was a moment where the civil rights movement became more sophisticated by linking together economic justice and political activism. Their project is about an $18 million rehabilitation project, but their goal is to leverage and harness Claiborne Temple's legacy in civil rights as an opportunity to continue to, to advocate for equity, economic justice, racial inclusion, and, and, and other issues that are still facing Black America. So I don't see that there is a disconnect. I see that there is an opportunity for Black churches to understand the power of their cultural legacies and, and, and have partners like us at the Action Fund and to work with others that can help them reimagine how to use that history and that strength for positive impacts on society and community. One of the um, the aspects of the Action Fund is the the hashtag Tell the Full Story. What what does that mean within the context of the organization? And and really, what does it mean in the context of this rather fraught moment in the telling of African American history? Yeah. So when we first created the Action Fund. Our tagline was tell the full history. And the, the idea behind that is that we can use historic places to reconstruct national identity. That we can use these places and stories to build a true national identity that reflects America's diversity. That we can begin to shine a spotlight on the full contributions of Black America to our nation as a way to help all Americans better understand the Black lived experience, but also helping all Americans to begin to see the humanity and Blackness. And so our goal is to challenge traditional notions of the American narrative. It is to tell new stories that have yet to receive their recognition and due. And it is to help us as a full nation to understand our individual identities, but also our collective stories. Is, do you think, I mean, is the black church a more, um, a, a gentler, a kinder, gentler way of telling some of these uh, very difficult stories? So Robin, the black church is just one aspect of the storytelling and preservation work that we do. So since the Action Fund's inception and we're celebrating our fifth anniversary and we're super excited about this really- Happy this, anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. An important milestone for us. So in, in the first five years, we have invested in and supported 200 preservation projects nationwide. We have raised almost $90 million. We have created amazing new partnerships, but part of our work is helping to preserve black churches. It is helping through a partner, new partnership with the Getty Foundation. We are working to preserve sites of black modernism designed by black American architects in the mid 20th century. 
or in the 20th century. We are intentional about helping to preserve sites of arts and culture, like the Baltimore home of Lucille Clifton or Nina Simone's chatted home in Tryon, North Carolina, or Weldon Johnson's writing cabin in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. We are currently working to develop a stewardship plan and working with the property owner of the Langston Hughes House in Harlem. So our goal is to help to amplify the complexity, the richness, and, and the full history of the Black experience. Well, after, after that, I have to ask you a, a bit about um, the, the news now out of, of Florida, which is uh, the governor there um, who's been blocking uh, forcing changes on an advanced placement uh, high school course on African-American history and further wanting to uh, remove diversity and inclusion initiatives from state universities there. You know, what, what do you make of a, a campaign like that? Yeah, I, I would say that what we're seeing in Florida is certainly disappointing. And it really speaks to the ongoing fragility of, of recognizing that our nation once had a racist past and that that history and that legacy is pervasive in all aspects of modern society. I think the other component to this is it affirms the fundamental importance of historic preservation, that we must preserve examples of racial violence and and political injustice as a way to remind our nation to never forget. It's a way that we can measure our social progress. And by preserving historic places, we allow the public to interact with history and have a multi-sensory experience that's both cultural and also educational. And they can walk away coming to their own conclusions about the history that they experienced and learned about. So I, I just would say that it's obvious that parents will have to supplement their education. And, and so collaborate with us in the historic preservation movement so that we can help preserve historic places and ensure that they are ready for the visitors that want to get immersed in this cultural heritage. And I'm just going to squeeze in. Thank you so much for that. Um, this last question from the audience, um, and it is from Diane Beer from California, who wonders if the preservation of uh, churches will um, bedrock safety for all those that it serves. Yeah, thank you, Diane, for that question. I believe so. I believe that churches are safe havens that all of these churches, not only the 35 that we funded and recognized with these grants, but every single church that applied to us and others across the country. I believe deeply that they care about people and communities, that they contribute to the economic 
resilience of historic black neighborhoods, that they contribute to our faith, our spirituality and our understandings of, of who we are. And as important, they encapsulate remarkable legacies that when told together helps to better understand the black experience in America and the important role that the historic church plays in helping to shape American society. And we will continue to do our part in helping to amplify this important history and helping these historic communities steward these cultural assets. Brett Lex, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been truly a pleasure. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for listening. To always stay up to date with the series, subscribe to Washington Post Live's Race in America, an Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen.